of the Divination Table. I am your host, Michael Lennon, and tonight's guest, Mama Star, Southern Culture Conjure Woman. Raised in the Southern culture of the Deep South, Star holds on to the values of her ancestors. She is a traditional Conjure Woman with four living generations of workers and two generations that have passed on. For over 40 years, veteran root worker, Star Cassis, has been helping folks through her ancestral heritage of old-style Conjure Works from south of the Mason-Dixon line. She is a best-selling author of The Conjure Workbook, Volume 1, Working the Root, published through Pendrague Publishing. She is also the author of many best-selling self-published titles on old-style conjure, such as Working with Blackhawk and the Hoodoo Money Conjure Workbook. Let me bring on our wonderful guest, Mama Star. Hello. Hello. Can you hear me? I can. How are you? I am doing wonderful. I'm so happy to have you here today. I'm grateful to be here. Thank you very much. So, you are a Southern-style conjure woman who also does a lot of divination. Yes, sir. Yes. So, how did you get into divination work? Okay, so when we were children, uh, we... We first started throwing, I don't know if you know what these are. They're called sticks. Do you know what they are? You that might not I don't. Be old enough. 
Okay, it used to be a little game where you would throw it, and that's when I really got enthused about it. And then growing up, uh, there was the bones. But the learning to read the playing cards, I think, was my my big thing. And when I was 16, and I remember this perfectly well, you know, we remember the big things that happen in our life. The, oh, of course. The big changes, you know. Uh, me and my cousin had went to stay with her auntie, not my aunt, but her aunt. And um, she is the one that taught us how to read playing cards. It didn't stick with my cousin, but it stuck with me ever since then, you know. Uh, my mother did not read playing cards, not that I know of. When she passed, we found a old deck of cards in her stuff, and I have them here. Um, but my mother did work with what we have always called a ring on a string, um, and I also have that here. And so when there's big things going on in the family, you know, uh, my brothers will say and the kids will say, uh, you need to get out Mama's ring on the string and let's see what is really going on here. So it's always kind of been a part of my life, you know, looking at the signs. Uh, my mother would look into blue water. I don't know if you know about blue water. Um, um, where- well, I know of blue water the way that I was taught um, in the Santeria tradition. And, you know, we always use it, leaving it by the door, you know, the front of the house to catch things coming in, but never for looking into. That you I'd, should look you know. into it. Yes, you should look into the blue water. Um, I keep a a jar, a mason jar of it on my reading table uh, in the prayer house. Now, my mother did have blue water, so I got that from her. Um, And I've just picked up over the years um, different styles of throwing the bones, um, which is, is really, I guess, my first form of learning how to read. Uh, was the bones. Um, I think that that was my first true attachment, and then I learned the cards at 16. But the bones have always kind of been with me, whether it was rocks or sticks or or whatever. Um, and I read through spirit. And I was thinking about this radio show, and I was like, when did I really start doing this? You know, how long has it been? <laughs> Well, I can honestly say that I think that it's been my whole life that I've talked to my ancestors, and I might didn't really know that that's who I was talking to, and that's who was answering me. You know, my mother was real funny. My mother was from the South. She was born and raised in the South. She was a true old Southern woman with those Southern strong ways, right? So we were not allowed to be outside after dark. My mother did not allow us out after night. You had to be home when that sun went down. And so I used to play a game with myself, you know, because sometimes as children we get hung up and we get to playing and we forget, you know. Oh, and of course. So I, used to, I used to play a game with myself and I would be like, you know, are you going to get in trouble? You know, are you really going to get in trouble? <laughs> it's dark. Are you going to get in trouble for not minding and not being home? And I think that's really where it started at, you know. And now, I, now you say I you do from there. 
and you do because um, I was looking at your website because you know I stalk everybody mm-hmm. before I bring oh, them on the no, show. You list traditional conjure bone readings. Now, how is that different than? Okay, you there know, is a difference. Um, yes. Right, and that's why I wanted there, to ask. Yes. Because no, no, there is a difference, and I'm going to tell you what the difference is. Okay. So, bone reading, the way I was taught to bone read, you use all the bones. And the idea is that you don't, you only have enough that you can hold in both your hands. If something falls out, you leave it out. Like if it falls out of your hand, uh, when you're holding your bones, getting ready to throw, uh, you leave it out uh, because apparently that I was taught that that's not a uh, part of the reading. Okay? okay, so Syngoma style comes from Africa. That's the way the healers read, and so they have many different bones, um, and they take a handful and they throw. And they still have more bones in the bowl. But I was taught to believe that if you don't throw all the bones, then how do you know that you're not missing something that spirit has to tell you? You know, I love that outlook because, you know, I have about 150 pieces in my my bone set. And it's not, you you know, traditional conjure style. It's a mix of, you know, bones and, you know, uh, Curios, shells, you know, different things that Mine I picked up. Mine has many different things in it, things that people have given me. Um, yeah, and I think that, you know, I've never pulled just a couple and thrown them. I've always, you know, I have to see the big picture, so I have to throw right. everything because it's not about always the question that the client wants to ask, <laughs> but, you know, a lot of times it's, hey, this is what you need to know, and right. I can't do just a small little mini, I have to say, look, here's the big picture. Let me look at all my key pieces and see where they're falling so I can address the issues. Right. You know. So now the conjure style bones, are they all actual bones or are they a combination okay. of? When I first started learning to read bones, you know, whenever we're young and we have a teacher and we learn, and so we follow the rules. But I have found that when you get older and you get to doing your own thing, you kind of maneuver away from it, away from, you kind of make your own style. Whenever I was coming up, it was either possum bones and some folks read chicken bones. That is the true bone reading right there. That's it. You don't touch them with your hands. You throw them, you move them around with either uh, a stick that you've been gifted. Mine is a shell. I don't use my shell anymore. And every time I touch those bones after I throw it, you know, I can hear um, you're not supposed to be touching that with your hands. But I do it anyway. Um, <laughs> and and I do, But I've kept my shell all these years. I still have that shell um, that my first true mentor gave me. I still have it. I don't use it anymore. It's not even in my bone bag no more. Um, but I have it in my bedroom, you know, and I'll keep it forever, and then one of the kids, will, you know, will get it. Um, but true bone reading is possum bones or chicken bones with roots, maybe some shells, whatever it is that you find that's special to you, add mm-hmm. it to it, you see. 
And when you're looking at the animal bones, you know, the possum or the mm-hmm. chicken, you know, a lot of it has to also do with as they fall, from what I understand, because I'm not, I don't know that particular style, but from what I understand, mm-hmm. you also have to look at the way the bones fall in reference to like the full skeletal drawing or map of the actual animal, you know, so the closer it is to, you know, the real shape of the skeleton, the better the reading is. Is that, See, is I that was correct? Not taught, no, I was not taught to read like that, but you have to okay. understand there are, just like there are many different root workers, there are many different, types of ways to read like some folks are are taught to look at the the whole thing they throw them they look at them and see i wasn't taught to read like that i was taught to throw the bones then look at them while i'm praying for spirit for ancestors to show me what the message is through those bones and then go into one section and start in that section And I have learned by doing that for I don't even know how many years that it starts to tell a story to you, you see. So when I throw the bones, I sit there for a few minutes. Whoever I'm reading for sits across from me, and I'll just watch it. Sometimes I make them nervous, but what (laughs) I'm trying to get the story, right? And then I'll start in one section, and I'll talk about that that part of that section then move to the next and then to the next and then to the next and then usually what I have found is that it will tell a complete story by the time you're finished yeah I think bones oh no it it, it does because you know it's it's similar to what I do Um, you know I I borrow a lot from a lot of different traditions in reference to the bones and the bone readings with the set that I have and of course I have key pieces i pieces for work, pieces for, you know, jobs, people, uh, you know, relationships, individual pieces for people, you know, different situations that arise. And I'll go to specific areas and I'll start with a clump, a clump around this, you know, the clump that's around the the love relationship or, you know, and, you know, methods of distance, you know, how far things are from each other, you know, that are influencing, you know, so, and, I also, of course, you know, I also read cards, too. You know, I've read, I can't read tarot to save my life, but, you know, I have really? read. <laughs> I have read antique Thank God cards. I'm not alone. I can't read tarot either. <laughs> I, I tried. I tried for 15 oh years. God. Couldn't make heads or tails of it. And I always yeah. read for probably a good 20 years. I read nothing but a an 1850s deck that was similar to, like, the Grand Jules Le Normand. It's, um instead of the astrological symbols, so it all, they all had uh, plants and flowers and they had three oh. images and uh, geomantic characters, you know, and I read that intuitively most of the time that I was reading until I started getting into the regular Lenormands, the tea cards, the soul cards. Uh, I got so many damn cards now. I don't know what to do with them, but the minute I landed with my bone set, it was like a completely different feeling. Yeah. And it was like the, the yeah. most free flowing, you know, once I got it, <laughs> it was like, yep. oh, this is the most free flowing thing I've ever used. You know, it's extremely personal. 
It's very yes. intuitive. You know, once I was able to pull myself out of my linear thought to be able to see three dimensions, because that's what I right. look at when I throw the bones. It's like, for me, it's a three-dimensional roadmap, you know, of pieces touching other pieces or buried underneath other pieces. And, you know, it made sense when somebody said, it's like peeling the, back the layers of an onion. And I didn't yeah. realize when I would, when they said it, it clicked that, you know, what I had been doing was using a porcupine quill, lifting pieces up so I could see what was underneath them. And it didn't really dawn on me that what I was actually doing was peeling back <laughs> layers to get to what was underneath. So did some, I'm curious, did someone teach you not to touch them with your bone, I mean, with your fingers? Or did you just automatically feel that you should use that quill? to to move them around um kind of both you know um you know i've read a lot of michelle jackson's works you know her blog her book I've yeah read, i love michelle you know She's uh, i've read books on you know from a couple of other authors and you know they they mention you know use something other than your hands and yeah. i had no problem with that because you know i have Sometimes I get little shakes on the hands because I have a little bit of nerve nerve issues with right. my fingers. So I right. use that to lift things up. But I've always felt also when I started doing that, that that was the preferred method that at least my ancestors wanted me to use. Yeah, was, because you know, I think that, that is, that's the way I was taught, not to touch the bones. Um, I touch them now, um, and I have probably for the last 15, 20 years. Um, but I was taught not to to use my shell to move them around. So I was just curious. Um, it sounds like you read through spirit rather than uh, trying to read uh, the bones themselves. Um, I kind of actually think I do both. You know, um, I'm very intuitive. I do a lot of work with my ancestors. I do a lot of communication with them. But mm -hmm. I'm also a very symbolic diviner, too, by, na by nature. So I could read tarot cards, but I would not be reading them traditionally as Correct. people that read them right. would do. I would right. read them intuitive, as I have always done, looking at symbols and colors and shapes. And, you know, each of those things have certain meanings. So yeah. when I look at bones, I still have pieces that are very symbolic, you know, and the symbolism that they represent or the meanings that they hold. So I can do both combined together during the reading, you know, to say, okay, well, I want to look at the relationship area. So I'm going to go to, you know, a charm that is two hearts that are together and I'll yeah. see where in relationship the two people uh, pieces are located and what's in between them or what's on top or covering them. But spirit right. always interjects and says, hey, you know, here's some deep information regarding this particular yep. area. So, you know, it starts out with symbolic divination for me and spirit always interjects and they say, hey, this is what I feel this is, you know, this is really about, you know. So for me, it's a combination because I've always been you know, a, a symbolic reader for the most part, whether it's tea cards, yeah. tea leaves, you know, it's all about the shapes, the lines, the, you know, the, the otherworldly maps <laughs> that right, you see. Right, 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 right. 
you know, and I find, you know, one of these days I do want to learn how to do, you know, to read just the bones, you know, just like the possum bones or just the chicken bones. I don't think that it would be hard for you to do it, son, because you're in tune with your ancestors already. All you simply have to do is get your bones, give them to your ancestors, um, petition them to speak through those bones where you can understand uh, what they're telling you, plain and clear. And sometimes they're kind of tricky, you know. They'll let you know what, what they're trying to say, but they don't always make it plain and clear. So I've learned over the years to throw that in there. Um, with my petition, with, yeah, when I'm petitioning them, and I think that you would be fabulous reading the bones because I don't know if you listening to you speak, um, if you realize this or not, but I think that you truly do already read um, through your ancestors. Oh, I do. I, I'm also, you know, uh, aside from you know reading cards, bones, I, I'm also a medium. You know, I've done mediumistic work. I've worked in, you know, Botanicus. We've done Misas and Spirit has come oh, yeah. down. Okay. Yeah, yeah. You yeah, know, yeah. so it, it, it's been one of those things that I've been conditioned and trained, you know, to do over the years. It's a blessing. And it, it, it is. Sometimes it's not, you know. Yeah, sometimes <laughs> I've had to learn, it's not. I've had to learn over the years to put up, um, I'll call them rules and limitations and boundaries for my ancestors, saying, look, right. you know, I only work between these hours. I only work right. in these particular locations. You, you don't bother me when I'm asleep. You don't bother me in the bathroom. You don't bother me when I'm in the pool, unless it's something like life-altering or major that right. I need to know. So I get them onto like a schedule so they know when they can speak to me, when they can't speak to me. You know, it's like turning the light switch on and off. Yep, yep. It took me a long time to understand that. Um, um, it took me as well... <laughs> I, I tried to run, you know, from my gift, but you're not going to run from it. You know, they're going to keep putting things in front of you that is going to get your attention and you're going to um, have to stand up and pay attention to your gift. You know, sometimes it might not really be a gift. You might not feel like it's a gift. And I was like that for a long time until finally I was like in my in my 20s, and when I started uh, reading for people, uh, for folks professionally, whenever I was around 24 or 25, that's when I made my mind up. I was like, you know, if I'm supposed to be doing this, I'm going to do it. This is just, this is what I have to do. And so yeah, I've tried to grow from there, you know, um, and it's, do what it's I'm amazing supposed to be doing. Kind of, it's amazing that we, you know, we go through this, you know, because, I've I've run a lot, <laughs> you know, over the course of my 48 years, you know, from, yep. you know, I, I fall into it and I start doing it. And then it's just like, you know, I get around, unfortunately, you know, sometimes we deal with the, the, the negative, the nasty energies, the nasty people or the ones that are stuck and just don't want to move. And they, yes. you know, they just want what they want when they want it. But even if it's not good for them. You know, so then I get to that point where it's like, you know, I, I need to distance myself. So I call that running. Um, right. And I'll shut everything down for a while because it's just like, you know what? But it always keeps coming back. It always keeps popping back up in my life going, hey. 
Yeah. You can't put you yep. can't put us on hold forever. You you can't yep. shut us down forever. You can't put us to sleep forever because you know we'll find right. a way out. <laughs> yep, that's true. That is true. Now, now, do you have? Um, I know that you are a best-selling author. You have a number I of am. books that are out. Yes. So, uh, uh, your books are centered around, you know, like conjure work and yep. roots, you know, yep. traditional old style. And how many yes, books so. do you have out now? Uh, I've written eighteen. Uh, my latest oh. one is out with Wiser. Uh, publications and they took my name Old Style Conjure so that's the name of the book Old Style Conjure um, and it was it was out last September September yes this September will be a year um, that it's been out and so what I do my other books I kind of um, and I self-published for a long time not because I didn't feel like I could get a publisher, but because I wanted to be in control of my writing, of my voice. Right. <laughs> um, I don't speak yeah. perfect English, and I write the way I the way I talk, and I'm not ashamed of my vocabulary or anything, you know, anything about me. Because to be ashamed of anything would be ashamed of my ancestors, which I exactly. am absolutely not. Right. Um, and so for and so then Peter Padden came along and I love Peter. Um may his spirit always rise in power. Uh and so I did the workbook and and my deck of cards and let him publish it. Um so that was kinda like me getting my feet wet, you know, letting go. Um <laughs> because <laughs> Every book that I write is such a part of me because I share uh, my ancestors, my family, my teachers. Um, yeah, my you mama. share your life. You know, you right, share your personality. Right. And, you know, right. I love books with personality. That's one of the reasons why I love, like, self-published authors is because it is all them. You know, I also feel that, you know, when you go to a publisher, they kind of strip away a lot of things. They doctor everything up and they make it not that person any longer. Now it feels like it's a cookie cutter. You know, I love the personality. You know, that's what makes me want to delve into books and learn more because now I'm making a connection with the actual author themselves. Right. I, uh, I've been blessed with both Pendrag and Wiser. They've let me be myself. Um, they they have just let me uh, write, you know, and and so nothing too much has changed from those books and my self-published books. Um, it's basically the same wording, same writing, you know, uh, and I try to fill my books full of works because. I'm not going to I don't like uh books when when you read a book and it takes forever to get to the point. I I, I can't I can't read books like that. And I love and I do read, not necessarily working books, you know, like conjure books and stuff like that, but I do read books. Um and uh I like to get to the point and I like to share my knowledge. That's why I'm writing. So this work is not lost. 
and not right. uh, gone. You know, the old workers are passing. You know, and yeah, I've tried to, I've tried I, to keep this work as pure as I can. You know, times change, so that means that things change. You can no longer take a, a, a mason jar filled with stuff and go chunk it on somebody's uh, front door stoop and bust it like you used to could. You see. <laughs> You can't go I around folks' yard, <laughs> right? Well, yeah, but you you can't, you shouldn't. I'm not saying you should, y'all. No, you should, you shouldn't. You know, and and it's it's so times change, so therefore the tricks change. But that's why they're called tricks. You see? Yes. I'm just an yeah. old country woman, and I really am. You know, I, what you see yeah, is the- what you get. You know? Yeah, you know, country women are wonderful. My grandma was country woman, you know, up in Vermont, I think and so. she's she lived in a uh, you know she lived on a farm for a while. A lot of my family were you know farmers back in the day, and you know it was one of those things. She's like, I still have great ties to you know country, being out right. in the country, you know, right. people that knew how to work, people who worked the land, they you know fought for everything that they had, and yes. you know. I see the way some things are around, you know, this day and age and everything is, you know, it's all about me. It's all about me and nobody cares about yeah. their community or their neighbors or their neighborhood. And it's like, it's a shame. It's like we used to be able to leave our doors unlocked or even wide open with the screen door, you know, right. in you there. You can't do that no more. No, because that's like an open invitation for somebody to just break in. And it's like, Everything has changed so dramatic, you know, dramatically, you know, even from when I was a kid, you know, I'm only 48 and it's like, I got a security system on my house, cameras on my house. It's like, right. never had to have any of that growing up. No, you know, no, you didn't have to because it wasn't the world that it is today. People do not respect other folks's, um, privacy or their homes or anything else you know and without respect then you don't have nothing you've got a bunch of chaos you know and i don't think parents are teaching their children you know uh like i was taught you know you mind your own business tend to your own door stoop don't worry about what dick and jane and john is doing around the corner you mind you if you're minding you you don't have time to go mind their business and that's how I was raised, you know, and that's how I raised my kids, and that's just, that's how we live. You know, I don't worry about what's going on outside of my yard, because that's not my yard, you know. Right, you know, and that's the same thing that, you know, I was taught growing up, you know. We were taught to respect our neighbors, you know, our friends. We were taught to respect our elders. We were taught to, you know look out for one another you know if somebody's going away we'd keep an eye on somebody's house if we see things out of the ordinary you know we speak up we let people know and nowadays i see people that just sit there and watch something happen and just walk right by and it's like and won't lift a finger yeah and and it's sad because the the state of the world the way it is, you know, and especially yeah. in the U.S., the way everything has been going now. I mean, everything is just like it's fallen to a big, huge, worst pile of crap. Yes. 
I agree. Yeah. I agree with that. And that's why this work, this conjure work, root work, whatever you want to call it, that's why it is so important. You know, folks, some folks will say, well, y'all don't have no rules to follow. Y'all think y'all can just do whatever. That is absolutely not true. We do have rules to follow. And the rule is that if the work is justified, then you can do you can do the work, you know. Right, and if it's not justified, so, then, then you, you, don't you leave it. it alone. Right. That's exactly right because nothing is free in this life, and everything costs, you know. And that's a fact. That's just the facts of life. And so, if you do something to someone and it's unjustified, and they're smart enough to do a reversal work or do a cleansing work or go to their ancestors and and petition an asset that be cleaned off, you're going to get hit with your own work. If it is justified, I don't think that it goes anywhere. I think that it just sticks where it's at until they clean it off. I don't know for sure. You know, I'm not a spirit. I don't know. But I think that that would be how it would work. But unjustified works are going to go set right back where they came from. The power is going to go back where it came from. It has no yeah, other well, choice. Well, yeah, well, because you're the one that sent it, and you sent it with the wrong intentions. You sent it with, exactly. you know, whether it's the anger or the hostility or the revenge or whatever the the case is. You know, I I believe partially in karma, but I also believe that you know sometimes karma needs a little a little lift or a little boost. Right. You know, I didn't sometimes you know. that concept for a while, but you know, some of the folks that I hang out with. Um, have taught me, you know, over the years, um, the difference in what I do and, and you know, what other folks do. Um, but I, I, I'm always going to stick with what I know, you know. Yeah. And I truly believe that if, if I throw them bones or I lay them cards out, you know, and, and I didn't do anything um, to deserve whatever is going on, I'm sure going to go to my ancestors and petition yes. them to clean it up. And, you know, one thing I was taught as a young worker is to never call nobody's name out because you don't know. You don't know. There's some tricky old workers out there. You know, they'll smile in your face and cheat y'all, and the next minute they may have your butt nailed up against the wall, you know. That's why this is called tricks. That's why it's called you know, conjure work. That's why it's called laying down roots, because that's what it is. Yeah. One of these days I'll learn more about, you know, conjure and root work. You know, I do mostly, most of what I do is, you know, ancestral magic. I do, you know, I work mm. with my ancestors. You I have, you know, you know, I'm also initiated as a Hungan in Haitian Vodou. So, oh, right, you know, right. I have other things that I work but for the most part, most of the stuff I do is with my ancestors. You know, I cleanse with my ancestors. I do candles. Yeah. I, you know, do work with my ancestors. And for the most part, you know, unless it's something, you know, really large. You can't beat them. You cannot beat yeah. your ancestors. They have our best at at heart, you know. They, they want the best for us. My mother... Bless her soul. She she taught us that. There's nothing like your blood, you know. Nothing like 
your ancestors to support you and uplift you when nobody else will. They always will. Yeah, well, they have your best interest in heart. You know, yes. they are your yes. blood. You know, yes. there, there's a saying that, you know, people say, you know, God God comes first and then your ancestors and then everybody else after that. Yes. You know, and, yes. and that's the way it is talk. in our family. Yep. You know, and that's the way it is in my family. It's just like, you know, mm-hmm. God doesn't, God's job is really not to answer most of the time. No. You know, he's done all of his work. He's created the world. He's created all life on this planet. You know, he's given us light, given us water. He's given us all that we need. And when we really need answers, though, we go to our spirits, our ancestors, or, mm-hmm. you know, the, the Loa or the Orisha or, you know, whatever other spirits people work with. Right. That's where we go for our answers. That's where we go. They're the intermediaries between God and us and, you know, between the worlds. You know, they are in that spirit realm where they can travel from one place to another in the blink of an eye. You know, and since we're talking about ancestors, because, you know, I always believe that, you know, as a diviner, you know, I think that all people that really want to step up their game or increase their abilities to divine, and I say divine differently than a reader because I do feel there's a complete difference, you know, that everyone should have and develop a stronger connection with their ancestors. That is our base. That is our roots. That's, you know, our foundation of everything we do, whether it's reading, whether it's working, whether it's laying tricks, you know, they're the foundation. And you have to have a good, solid foundation to stand on, you know, for your gifts to build. 100%. Yes. You know, and and especially if you're, if people are getting into bone readings, yes, you can certainly just do, you know, throwing the bones and doing symbolic reading. Mm. But if you really want to get deep into it, you've got to have that connection with the ancestors. That's right. Even you've the ones have that message coming through. Even the ones you don't like. And, you know, you mentioned it earlier in the show that, you know, when you first started, you didn't, eat, you didn't realize that you were talking to your ancestors and that your no, ancestors were giving you... Yeah, you know, you were getting the messages, you were just not sure where they were coming from. And, you know, when we realize where they come from, that's when our gifts start to heighten, because now we know what we're calling. We know who we're calling on. You know, we know who we're building this relationship with. And then it gets stronger. Yes. And, you know, I've changed the raisin of my children and my grandchildren and my great-granddaughter a little different than what my mama did with us. Although my mama spoke to us and she told us, you know, and and she would always um, remind us how important our ancestors are. Um, With my children, my grandchildren, and and even the great-grandbaby, she's going to be three in October, um, they, I set a space up for them, and so they all. It's a family space. It's here in the house. They all come here. They even her. She'll say, "I'm going to go talk to my people," and she'll walk over there 
to the altar, and she's only two and a half years old. And in a real <laughs> voice, I don't know what she's saying over there. You know, and I'll say, Queenie, what are you saying? And she'll say, shh, Gigi, shh. And she, she's praying. <laughs> but you have to teach them when they're little, you see? Yes. That's how I yeah. was taught. That's how I was raised. My mama did not point things out and say, oh, look, I'm burning this stick and mixing it with all this stuff, and it's going to do this. She didn't do none of that. She did it. You let her put it on you, and you went on about your business, you see? She would tell you something, and you just you didn't get to say why, why do why are we doing this? No, you didn't. You just did it, and it stuck with you. But I tried something different with mine because I want this work to carry on. I want our culture, and this is our culture. This is yeah. our heritage, and I want it to live on, and I want it to be as right as possible. You know? Yeah, because we can't have, you know, these cultures, you know, end. We can't have these works stop. You know, we can't lose what we've been brought up on. You know, I mean, I come from a very strict Roman Catholic Irish family. Of course, oh, see, I, don't yeah. follow, I don't follow any of the, the traditional things growing up. I was always like the black sheep. I was always into right. the African traditional religions, right, you know, right, the Santeria right. and the Vodou and, you know, the spiritual work, you know, but what was given to us growing up was, you know, family is the most important thing that you have. Mm-hmm. And that extends yes. past your living family. You know, yes, that's your, also your ancestors, you know, remembering yes. the people that, you know, taught you. Even the ones that, you know, yeah. might have slapped you with a belt in the butt or the switch um, when you did yeah, something wrong. <laughs> <laughs> you know, but oh it's, it's these are the things that are important because, you know, once they're gone, they're gone. Yes. And so it's important that they're not. And, you know, folks who are searching um, for, uh, to understand root work, conjure work, I, I have found who are outside of the culture, most of the times they never really understand the culture itself because that is something that you grow up with. There, There's just things that you you don't do. You know you don't do them, you know. And the work goes along with them, but when you get folks who are from the outside, they don't kind of understand that. You you know what I mean? Oh, I do. I think it's it's hard for them to really grasp uh, uh, root work uh, because they can't grasp the culture. You know, I'm 65 years old. I still say, yes, ma'am. And no I know. or no sir. If you're I, older I, than I've me, heard I don't care if it's by one hour. You are my elder. And you see, this work is like that. This work is not all about stepping all over everybody and just doing whatever you want to do. It's kind of like a built-in system that we're raised with, you know? And, yeah, and, and you don't that's know. That's why it's you know, so important. You're the, yeah, right. you know, I mean, it, it's like, you know, I'm into a lot of, you know, the African traditional, you know, religions. Mm-hmm. But yes. 
I can't teach people about, you know, black ancestors or black no. ancestral magic no. because no. I'm not black. You know? Right. Or what it I what, what they went through, you know, the suffering uh that they yeah. went through, uh how they had to live. You don't know that unless you're there, unless you're raised in that, you know. Um, yeah, and, and so that's true. So you have to be respectful. Yeah, I mean, I can't, you know, I can only teach what I actually know, you know. Correct. I can teach people how to do, you know, candle, you know, magic, or I can teach them how right. to do different types of magic or different types of reading, but I can't teach them anything on the African American side. I'm not African American. Right. I have no connection right. to the culture itself. I've learned right. a lot over the years. Right. But still, you know, I have to respect everything because it's like I didn't live through it. You know, I didn't experience it, you know, and there's a complete difference when you have been brought up in a culture and you have lived it, you have experienced it. And it's a I'll call it like an unwritten language that nobody else gets because you don't get it unless you've been brought up in it. Yes, that's true. That that is true, and you know, Michael. In today's day and age, um, and with the internet, folks forget where this work truly came from. They forget. They do not, or they don't want to acknowledge it, or they don't think that it's important. Um, And whenever I wrote the old style conjure book for Wiser, you know, I was like. and Judica, who I love to death, um, I work with her, and I, and I was like, I'm going to write this the way it should be wrote, and so I did. And so within that book, I tell where this came from. This came straight out of slavery, straight out of blood, guts, death. You can't whitewash that. You can't sugarcoat no, it. You, you can't. can't make it better. You can't make it sweet. It's not sweet. It's not. And I no, am a diehard traditionalist. I am. I'm not going to lie. I am. I am. And I have, my eyes get to twitching sometimes <laughs> when I see stuff online, you know, but I'm like, I'm not going to say anything i'm going to write about it words yeah, hold well, power and and it's you important know? that people see it you know there's been a lot of history that has been washed away you know put aside or hidden yes. where people don't want to yes. look at it or they don't want yes. to see that you know this is all you know we only see a tip of the iceberg you know yes. we only see what people want us to see because you know up until you know, I'll call it recently, you know, there was a lot of things that weren't allowed to be published. There were a lot of places that wouldn't no. even pick up a book and say, oh, well, we can't show that. Mm-mm. But yet no. these are true. You know, these are mm-hmm. true histories of people that, you know, suffered and died. Wiser and- has been fabulous. They have been fabulous with me as Pendrag, you know, um, and they did let me show you know, folks uh, uh, talk about uh, the Bible in this work. You have folks who say, hey, my ancestors were not Christian. And I believe that. I do believe that. 
But I can promise you that by third generation, they were forced into Christianity. Yes. You see? But, you know, they were smarter. Our ancestors had such high intelligence. And I don't know how much you know about this work or or the old spirituals or the old stories uh, that they wrote children's books out of. And today some folks say they are racist books, but they're actually hidden works within some of those books. The old hymnals. Yeah. Some of those spirituals actually have works in it, have secrets in it, you see, because the ancestors knew that, and, and they couldn't read and write. If they could have read and write, just imagine what they would have did. They did all this by memory, you see. Yeah, and, and they made it through everything. Like Yes, they did. Uh, uh, in they our did. culture, you know, People struggle with so many different things, you know, and there's a lot that goes on that we take personal and that we sit there it's like, yeah. oh, my God, you know, this is the worst thing that could ever happen. And we sit and we think and it's just like, you know, it's really not the worst thing that could happen to us. You know, the worst has already happened. You know, yeah. the worst is not now it's currently happening again, you know, in our culture. But we get stuck on the. Me, 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 and yeah, we forget yeah. about, you know, all the things that have already taken place, all the people yes. that have bled and died to try and get yes. us to where we should be. Yeah. And we, they don't want to acknowledge it. They don't want to no. look at it, you know, because it's, it's ugly. No, they don't. You know? Yeah. And it is ugly. Know. But to forget about it is to let it repeat itself. Yeah, and we can't let it repeat itself, and we can't forget about it. You know, we can't act like it didn't happen, because it did. No, No, you know, Michael, and any time someone, I do what I do for my mama, for my granddaddy, and for my great-grandma. They couldn't be themselves. You know, they lived in a world where you just uh, shut up and, and went along with the flow. I don't live in that world, you know. Um, I'm going to talk. I'm going to talk about this culture. I'm going to talk about the suffering and stuff that my ancestors went through. I'm going to talk about it, you know, and I'm going to try to keep it up front and personal so folks don't forget and folks don't just think that this work is something to be made a dollar off of. You know what I mean? Because none of us get rich. Right. None of us get rich doing this work, you know. No, no, no. Not if you're truly into the work for the work. You know, no matter if you're a root worker or a witch or whatever it is that you do in your in your life, if you're truly into it for the people, you ain't gonna get rich. You're not gonna get rich off of this work. It's it's part of what I would consider to be, you know, it's our life mission. It's our destiny. It's part yes. of who we are, yes. you know. Yes. And one of the reasons why, you know, I love doing this show and why I do this show is, you know, to highlight the cultures, you know, yes. not just divination, but, you know, no. from all the cultures, you know, from all right. the areas of life, from, you know, one continent to another, from one tradition to another, you know, the the good, the bad, the ugly, because I want it to all yeah. show. 
and I support yeah. my communities, you know, 100%. Yeah. And That's I fabulous. blend, you know, I, I've started off this show, you know, wanting it to be all about divination. And there's a lot of divination right. in it. But, you know, as right. it has been aging, it's been like, you know what, there needs to be more. There needs to be yeah. discussions about, yeah. you know, where this came from. You know, right. how it came to be, you know, so that we don't forget it, so that we don't lose that connection to, you know, our roots, whether they're yeah. your roots, my roots, whether they're actual roots, you know, whether they're works. Right, right. Yeah. These are it all things goes, that are important. It all goes together. It, and it does. You can't have one without the other. You can't have divination without, you know, spirit communication, without your right. ancestors. You know, you can read cards, but you're not what I call divining. Because in right, order to right. divine, you have to have that specific connection, you yeah. know, with your ancestors to receive the divine messages. Yes. Now, you I own agree. a, you have a website, you also have, now is you also have, is it an actual physical shop person? Yes, sir. Yes, okay, sir. Because I, uh, I haven't been down there yet, so. <laughs> yeah, me and uh, Hoodoo Malik, uh Hoodoo Sam Mawais, uh have a shop called Condra New Orleans. Oh, um, that's right, okay. Working on our second year. Um, oh, nice. And I have my old style Condra website that's been up for since 2006 or seven, I think. Um and so I have that. I have the prayer house here in my yard um, where I have in-house clients come in. I teach classes here sometimes. Um, I've been doing this for a long time. Uh, like I said, when I was 24, 25, you know, I, I still rem- and I lived in this town. I've lived here uh, for almost 40 years, so... I still remember the very first client that came to me for a professional card reading for five dollars, um, <laughs> and, <laughs> and that was a, and that was a lot of money too. Yes, that was a lot of money, honey. <laughs> and and so me and her became quite close. When she would have an issue, you know, she would always come. I still remember what the reading was about. That was a huge milestone for me. You see, that was a huge step for me, um, even back then, putting my personal business out in the street, which is something that I was totally raised not to ever do, ever. And so saying, hey, look, I read cards and I burn candles and here I am, you know, that was a real big step for me. I've never advertised here in my community. It's all word of mouth, and I stay busy. Yeah, but see, word of mouth is the best form of advertising because it's coming from somebody that's really busy. He has been so good, Michael, you would not believe it. He might go to bed and there be somebody here, and he might get up at 4, 35 o'clock in the morning to go to work, and there's still somebody here. And he's, he's over the years, he's just got used to it. You know, it, it don't even bother him no more. He'll just be like, oh, my God, I cannot believe that you're still up. You know, but that's how it is. You know, when you're, when you're working for your community, it's a lot different than when you're working online 
when you're working in your community, they don't understand appointments. They do not. I just had an instance a while ago. I was doing a phone reading, but one of my local clients was outside and texted me, Hey, uh, Mama, I'm outside at the fence. Can you come let me in? I was like, "Uh, No, I'm on the phone right now. You know? (laughs) So I well, had to you know you're there. <laughs> you know, when I got online I had to learn completely different because I can tell you working for folks online and working for folks face to face is two totally different kind of animals. Yes. And I did not start out online, so I started out face to face so I had a way of dealing with my clients, but when you're dealing with folks online, it ain't nothing like dealing with folks in-house at all. It's completely different. Oh, it is. It's a totally different type of people, too. You yes. know, I worked yes. for 15 years in a botanica doing readings for clients, you know, with my godmother. and uh, Right. And a couple of, I'll call them, you know, crazy people because, you know, they do come around. Right. Yes, they do. Had, had more, more of them when I went online. <laughs> right, a lot more. You know, you're you're and, dealing with a whole different kind of person, you know. Yeah, you know, there's a lot of people that um, online that don't have, I'll call it the social graces. Right. For lack of a better word, you know, they're manners. they're stuck. Yeah, yeah, they they have no manners. It's all me, me, me. It's all you know. And it's so easy to trash talk people, you know, on the internet. Yeah. So easy to oh, yeah, hide behind a fake name and a picture. And, oh, yeah. you know, it's like, you know, I preferred working in person. You know, I prefer people yes, coming like to it. my house. You know, I like, I like the interaction. I like to be able to see, you know, their ancestors standing behind them or yes. making sounds to get my attention or. Yes. Making me, I'll, I'll call it the the freaky burst, or gives me like the little uh, heebie-jeebies up and down the, my right. spine, where it makes my right. body tingle and jump. <laughs> yeah. You know, I get it sometimes online too, but it's not as strong as it is in person. You know, because my ancestors are here physically yes. in my house; they're yes. physically here, and I call upon their ancestors to come. Yes. You know, so it's almost like a party. Yeah, and you invest in your client. And I think one yeah. of the things that we miss with the online thing is there's no real investing no. with some, some clients online. A lot of it is, I just want the answer. I don't want to hear anything yeah. else. I just, you know, I need to know is so-and-so coming back or, yeah. you know, does so-and-so love me or, you know, am I going to get this job? And it's just like, how about, you know, how do I better my life? You know, how yeah. can I spiritually, you know, get in touch with myself. You know, the people that I was used to seeing, you know, were spiritually looking to be lifted. Yeah. You know, there was work involved, you know, in reference, you know, love lives and jobs and all that. But most of them really honestly and truly had some serious problems that they needed the seer to provide information to say, yeah, it's like, here's what's going on. So here's a formula that I think you should work with. You know, yeah. here is some things to add to your skill base so that if you run into this again, now you know it and you can yeah. do this, you know, on your yeah. own. 
And, you know, that's one of the things, you know, in this culture and in these traditions that we love is the teaching aspect. So yes. I don't want to do all of this work for people. I want to educate these people to do their own work, yes. you know, to invest in themselves and lift themselves up. Yep. Because and darling, most do... of them don't want to do nothing. They don't want yeah. to do anything. I have found this. Some folks, not all, because I have good online clients that have been coming to me for years since I first got online. But some folks don't want to do anything. They don't want to take a bath. They don't want to light a candle. They don't want to say a prayer. They don't want to do any of that. No, they want you, you to do it all. To. Yes. But yeah. they have to because some things your own spirit has to touch, you know? Yeah. You know, I had a client once that was having issues with their their love life, their family, their, you know, husband-wife relationship. And, you know, when I was doing the reading for them, it came up that, you know, she really neglects her husband a lot. Right. Then turns turns it around on him, you know. So yes. she wanted work. She wanted me to do work to try and bring them back together, soften the relationship up, so they could rebuild. Yes. So I agreed to do the work, but I told her I said, "But this is the problem." I said, and "This is what you're going to have to do. You're going to have to take this work and you're going to have to plant it in a plant inside your house, and you are going to have to water that plant every day." You're going to have to talk to that plant every day. You're going to have to nurture that plant, wash the leaves of that plant. I said, and you are going to have to treat that plant like the living entity that it is. And she didn't understand why I was making her do all of this. Because by doing that, it also started prepping her to start doing the same thing for her husband, to start exactly. paying more attention to him, to start, yes. you know, lifting him up, to start nurturing him and the relationship. And she didn't get it for the longest time, you know, and the, the plant would die. I would redo the work. She would go back home with another plant. She would start to work. Uh, eventually it sunk in and eventually things started lifting up for both of them and the relationship got stronger. She no longer actually needed the plant at that point but she still kept doing the work because she realized what it was actually doing yes you know it wasn't about taking care of a plant you know no. your relationship is right here and it yes. starts in your home it starts with the love the nurture the caring the talking the sweet whispers you know that transposes or transponds onto you know the partner in your love life you know, it teaches you without telling you this is what you need to do for your relationship. It teaches it in a different way. And once they get yeah. it, you know, it's a beautiful thing because once they get it, they understand that, you know, I could have easily sat there and told you, hey, this is what you need to do to fix your relationship. Right. But chances are is most people aren't going to hear everything I tell them because no. it's not always my fault. You know, so and some people have lessons that we need to learn, you know, so we don't always tell you what you want to hear, but we do tell you what you need to hear. You know, we do prescribe you things that you need 
in your life. You know, you may not understand why, and it's okay to ask, you know, why, but there's always those certain reasons. And some of them, you know, like it, I consider that like an old school thing for me because to make somebody work, you know, you have to, they have to be invested in whatever work you are doing. Otherwise, it's not going to stick. It's not going to stay. Saying, yeah, we can bring so and so and so and so together. That's the work. That's done. Mm-hmm. Now yep. it's your job to keep them, to nurture them. You know, and it's one of the things in divination that we do. You know, yeah. we divine not just what's going to happen, but what prescriptions we need to give to a client exactly. to go from point A to point B. That's Same. how I was taught to read, and that's exactly how I read. I don't uh, uh, give any type of work or anything until I lay the cards out, throw the bones, and I may do both, depending on on who it is and and what they got going on, uh, to figure out what needs to be done. Can I even do anything? You know? Yeah. Because there are That's times one where rule I say, follow. Nope. Yep. And yeah, I mean, trust me, if mine says no, guess what? It's no. I made somebody so mad one time, and they were like, well, what if I offered you $5,000? No. Well, what if I offered you ten? No, because I have to answer for everything that I do. So no. You know, no. If my spirits say no, if my ancestors say no, it's no, no matter what. And I mean that, and that's the truth. Yeah, and that and is what gets, the truth. And what gets me is this. When those types of people do that, my natural reaction, aside from saying no, is to say, why would you want to spend $5,000, $10,000? Yeah, for what? You know, to get this guy back that doesn't want you or no, you know, to get this guy back that abused you. You know, it's like, exactly. It's like, uh, and I why will not do it. I just won't. Yeah. I don't, I don't, I don't do either. That. You know, I don't like to do love work unless it's actually a single person looking to bring love into their life. Yeah. Attraction work, drawing. That's yeah. one of my favorite. That's one of my favorite works too is, attraction, whether it be a new job, a person in your life, you know. Um, and then I, I do the work the way my mama, um, you know, she used to tell us, like if you had a, a issue going on, let's say with a partner like I did with my two older children's father many, many, many years ago, you know, and, and my mother, uh, she told me, you sit down and you make a list. And you draw a line down the center of that, and you're going to put the good qualities and you're going to put the bad qualities. If the bad outweigh the good, then you've got to cut it loose and let it go because nothing's going to change. You exactly. Know? And so I did that, and she had me do that every single day and burn the bad and, and blow it out. Uh, blow the ash out uh, in the yard. And, you know, I truly believe that that was her way without her saying it of cutting and clearing him out of my life. Yeah. You see? 
just like the plants, you know, just like me having a client do yes. plant work. You know, it's like I love plants. I work with plants a lot. I always have. I love working with plants. I love it. They they're powerful when it comes to wanting to grow something or for protection. Ivy is one of my favorite plants to work with. Ivies are ferns. Uh, when it's when it's for prosperity or for attracting something new uh, into your life. Uh, for protection, I'm more of a thorny plant kind of girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I like well, roses yeah. <laughs> and things like that with thorns that run, you know, because if it vines and it runs, then when work is sent to you, it gets lost. It, it gets trapped within that plant, and so it can't go anywhere, you know, and so it's just stuck there until it just dies out. Yeah, I, I gotta come down there one these worker. days. Oh yeah, you need to come for a visit. Come to the prayer house. Um, I uh, I was taught as a young worker that plants are living things, and plants also give you signs. If your plants start dying off and there's no reason for it, um, they could be taking hits for you, you know, and so you need to treat them um, and say prayers for them, cleanse them. With spray bottle, with a little bit of of cool water, and and pray over them, and take the dead leaves off, take the dead leaves off, and take them to the west and bury them. Kills the work, because plants are living things, you oh, know. Of course. And so you they know, will take all, on hits. You know, plants, roots, stones. I I don't oh, think yeah, there's I've had, anything. I've had that... every plant in my house die all of a sudden. <laughs> my ivy's everything. And and I, I tell my daughter, you know, um, something ain't right in here. You know, something's going on if I'm losing plants. I ain't the best gardener, but I do kind of have a, a little green thumb whenever it comes yeah. to, you know, to plants. Mine's mine's normally brown. I don't have any good luck when it comes to growing plants. <laughs> my, You know, my mama used to tell me it's a sin to be envious over anybody, but my husband has a totally green thumb he can cut a stick off of a rose bush put it in the darn ground and it's going to root it is going to root i don't know how he does it (laughs) but he's i'm like oh my god so when i want to start something i'll get him to start it for me (laughs) (laughs) so what have you got coming down the pipe what's what's new you know that our audience may not know about well we just finished our St. John's Eve weekend, June 22nd, 23rd, which was a total success. It was fabulous. That's the first event that me and uh, Moise have done for the shop, you know, Conjure New Orleans, so that was great. Um, I have Hexfest coming up. Um, I'm teaching a class there. Um, I'm going to Georgia in October, I want to say 18th, 19th, 20th, and 21st at a little shop in Conyers. I'll be Facebooking about that. Um, let's see what else do I have going on. I think that's it uh, right now. Um, I want to write another book. I was uh, waiting for that. Yeah. <laughs> 
I want do you know Michael I have to be honest with you every book that I have ever written I wrote for a reason like the money book that that was supposed to be a, a whole workbook deal and then I thought well everybody needs prosperity you know and so let me put this out get my feet wet and see how it you know how it goes um, and so I published that book, candle burning book, because there's tricks of the trade, you know, that could be shared. So every book that I've ever written, I've written it for a reason. So I'm looking for me a new reason uh, to write another book. <laughs> <laughs> well, I am sure that it will come to you. You know, it, it could be a whole book, um, you know, traditional style baths. Everybody yes. needs cleansing, you know, everybody needs, you know, because plants are so, you know, universal and yes. being able to be used for so many things, whether it's cleansing, lifting, whether it is, you know, removing curses, whether it is yes. playing tricks. I mean, there are so many different things that, you know, are, have still yet to be told. Yep. And we all work different, and so we all have something to share, you know, something that's different, something that's going to help somebody that they might not know how to do that. And every book that I write, I think about that because I I was living in the concept, and I'm not going to lie, my students have been on me forever about it, about thinking that everybody knows what I know, you know. And and my students have got on to me for years, and they're like, not everybody knows what you know, you know, so you can't assume that. Um, but I was real bad about that, you know, and so I wouldn't write about it or talk about it, you know, teach about it, um, whatever. But I've kind of opened up, and I do understand now that they may know something, but it might not be exactly what I know. So sharing is always good. You know, and and it keeps and it keeps the traditions alive. You know, it's it's one of those things that even if we think something might be out there, it's never the same. You know, there's always a a trick around it. There's always a new angle on it. There's always something that you know is family specific. You know, just with your family, your ancestors, the way that you were raised. You know, the culture and the area that you come from. You know, so and that is what's most important to me is keeping this culture alive and honoring my ancestors and that is what I have raised my children to do. I have raised my children, my grandchildren and my great grandbaby. She's gonna be three in October and that is a hot mess. She is a <laughs> hot mess. But she's learning. You know, when we did our event, the Saint John's event, uh, we gave away gift bags. And so I wanted to do something special, so I made some dollies for the gift bags for um, our VIPs and for our presenters. Well, she was here, and my daughter, who is her her mama, was here. And so she was like, oh, Gigi, I'm praying over this. I'm speaking over this. So she knew. Nobody told her to do it, but she knew by watching that mm-hmm. those dollies had to be prayed over and spoke over. You see? You know, and, you know, and a, a lot of people, you know, I think forget or maybe they take for granted that 
one of the most powerful learning tools that we have within these traditions and cultures is just sitting and watching. Yes. Don't ask That's questions. That's how I learn. That's how yeah, I learn you know, it's what like, I know, you know? My, grand, my, my godmother, when, we used to, when I first started working with her and I first became part of her Elay, and I was working with her, the Bothanica, Many, many times in the beginning, because you know, I'm, a, I'm a Scorpio, you know, we ask questions about everything. The oh, number yeah, of times. See, G-Baby, <laughs> G-Baby is a Scorpio. I'm learning, y'all. She is a Scorpio. Yes. And the number of times my godmother would sit there and tell me, shut up. Just watch. <laughs> just watch. Just listen. She goes, you don't have to ask anything. She goes, it'll come. She goes, you'll learn the most by just watching. And at first, I was just like, well, why can't I ask questions? <laughs> but I realized that by just watching, I was seeing all the nuances. I was seeing all the little things that I may have missed by opening up my mouth or asking questions or interjecting or interrupting. Yes. A natural, consistent flow of work from beginning to end, you know, and you, it does get instilled upon you. And it's wonderful to see you raising kids, you know, in the traditions from a very young age because, you know, they're going to carry it with them through their entire life. It will become, That's it correct. is part, it's part of who they are. You know, it's not like finding yourself, you know, when you're in your late teens or you're in your 20s and mm-hmm. you're on that search for, you know, well, who am I? Yeah. They already know. Yes. Yes, that they've everyone been raised like that. And, you know, my kids, well, my two oldest kids remember my mother, you know, and they remember things that I forgot. You know, they'll do something and I'll be like, uh, or say something and I'll be like, where'd you hear that from? Well, my mama, of course, you know. So, (laughs) and my daughter is, is, you know, one of the worst. She remembers everything, everything about my mama, every story she ever told her, every lesson, you know. And, and so it's it's like she's, and I've watched her with her own grandbaby, and she's doing the same thing with her that my mama did with her, you know. So it is passing <laughs> it on. And it yeah, is and it, keeping it's it alive, incredible. you know. Yeah, because we can't let any of these die. You know, we can't oh, no. let. Oh, no. Any of the stories die. No, no. You know. And, you know, I grew up on stories, so I am a storyteller at heart. Any lesson that, and, and I do this with my students, and they'll be like, oh, the story's coming, because that's how I learned, was through stories. Lessons well, yeah, but in stories, you know? Stories and songs, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> Songs, prayers, I mean, you name it, you know. Yes. I, I've always learned the best in songs and in prayers. And, you know, I can't, you know, even though I have tried learning Spanish, I can't speak it to hold a conversation to save my life. Yeah. But I, I can sing. So there are songs I can sing in Spanish without a problem. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I can't uh, speak Spanish either. You know, my but it's funny because move right. you know one of my learning tools has always been music, right? You know, and song. 
Um, so I wanted to give a shout out. You know, we had a couple people in our chat room. You know, we had Lashonda. You know, we also oh, yeah. had Friendly Fox uh, Forty Five. You know, we also uh, wanted to make mention of, you know, the Mile High Conjure Gala, which is coming up in September oh, yeah. the 29th and the 30th. You know, it is going to be a phenomenal couple of days of workshops with some wonderful people teaching about Conjure um, and yeah. hoodoo and magic. Uh, yeah. You can find out information on ConjureGala.com. They're going to have people like, you know, uh, Loretta Lisma. Candelo Cambisa, Elaine Bryan and Beverly Smith, Professor Ames, as well as Professor Porterfield, Ambrosine Legree, as well as Michelle Jackson, Michael Cardenas, Hudu Senmoyes, and uh, Miss Ada, you know, who is also going to be there. So September 29th and the 30th, you can find out information on ConjureGala.com. You know, that's coming up in September. Also, look out for, you know, it's 12 o'clock somewhere on Spreaker.com with host Candelo Cambisa. You can look up, you know, look for him on uh, it's 12 o'clock somewhere right on Spreaker.com. You know, how do our wonderful audience members get a hold of you should they want to have a reading or if they're looking for products? You know, how do they reach out to you? They can go to OldStyleConjure.com. Um they can reach me on Facebook, Star Cassis on Facebook. Um, I'm on um, Amazon. The books are on Amazon. Uh, and then, of course, uh, at Conjure New Orleans at 506 Dumaine in New Orleans, Louisiana. See, I'm going to have to get down there one of these days next year. Hopefully I get everything in place to come down and visit you all down there because, you know, You'll some beautiful, wonderful people – Oh, yeah. I've wanted to get down to New Orleans for, for ages, and it has never never been the right time. But I think it's coming to be the right time. There you go. You come see us. I'm proud of our store. You know, uh, me and Moise worked hard on that store to get the store up and go. And, you know, that's hard work anytime you're doing a brick and mortar to start off oh, with. Oh, yes. But we have really worked hard, Michael. For folks to feel at home when they come in that store, you know, for them to feel at home and feel like they're wanted there and like they can ask a question if they need help. And I think we've achieved that. Um, And it's important because if you don't take care of your people, then after a while you're not going to have anything, you know. Your customers and your clients make you. I mean, really they do. And so it's real important. Yeah, I mean, I've been in a lot of shops that, you know, you walk in, you get that instant heebie-jeebie, you want to get the heck out of there feeling. Um, So, I mean, being able to be in a place that is comfortable, welcoming, you know, open, you know, it is very important because, you know, people need to be able to feel at ease. They need to be able to feel relaxed and be able to approach you and be able to ask questions, even if it, yes. they think the question might be stupid. There are no stupid yes. questions, you know, unless no. you don't ask it. Exactly. And then that's a, that's information lost if you didn't ask, you know? Exactly. You know, it, it's one of those things that when I was working in Arbothonica that we always strived for as well as, you know, making everybody feel comfortable when they came yes. in, you know, even the curiosity people that, yes. you know, 
might never pick up a candle or do any work, but maybe they're a little bored and they just happen to be passing by. And I think I'll come in and just check this out. Yes. They all And then felt... you have the folks that fear the work. Those are my favorites <laughs> because I always try to spend time with them when the, when you get them in the store, you know, and by the time they leave, they're just relaxed and they're not afraid anymore of the work, you know. Those are my favorite folks that are real nervous, you know, when they come in, they stick their head mm-hmm. in the door, and I'm be like, come on in, honey, you know, come on <laughs> in, and I'll get up. If I'm sitting down, I'll get up and I'll walk over to them because folks fear what they don't know. You know? Exactly. And then you by know, the time and, they get out of there, they're they're happy, they're relaxed, you know, and they don't fear this work anymore, you know. And they shouldn't fear this work. I mean, those no. who are in the work with true hearts, mm-hmm. you know, you don't need but to fear anything. there's a lot of folks that are afraid of, of conjure work and afraid of voodoo. You know, they fear it. Uh, oh, yeah. I see it all the time in the store, um, but I try to, you know, relax them and talk about whatever's in the store, you know, whatever I catch them looking at, I'll talk to them about it, you know, because education does what? It teaches us, and so we can learn, and if we're educated, we're not fearful. Exactly. You know, you know and that's what we do, you know. That's one of our biggest jobs is being a teacher. Yes. You know, yep. sharing all the knowledge. It's like, yeah, yes. there's a lot of secretive stuff, but you know, it's not yeah. like we don't want to share any secrets. Right. Like, right. Yeah, there's we some want to work that I will never teach. You know, ever. Oh well, yeah. Um, well, that know, goes without uh, saying, but. <laughs> right. Uh, but uh, but there are works, you know, that is, although sometimes they may be tough and sometimes they may be harsh or folks look at them harsh, sometimes they're needed, you know. There are times yeah. when you need to to be heavy-handed. Yeah, I mean, sometimes you have to fight, you know, yes. for the right reasons, you know. Yes. And just like, you know, we have fists, we have bats, we have other things, you know. We use we everything have that... We work. <laughs> yeah, you know, we use what we are good at yes. for the right purpose and the right reasons. You know, and that's one of the things that, you know, some people don't realize or understand. It's like, these are still tools. These are powerful tools that we use to help change and bring about change and to help people, you know, and sometimes it's not pretty, you know, sometimes, you know, in order to, in order to push people past a certain point to, to better their life or to work on something that is justified and somebody was harmed or hurt, you know, It's not all pretty. Nope. Sometimes yeah. you got to tear it down to build up. I mean, and that is a, that's and that is the truth. Amen on that yep. one. Because we yep. have to, you know. Yep. So I have had a beautiful and wonderful time. I'm so happy that you you know that you joined us on the show today. It's been such thank you, you know, for having me. I love listening to all the stories. Of course, I love the bones. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we need to talk sometime about the bones. Yeah. Yes, we will definitely do that because, you know, I love my bone set. And as soon as things calm down a little bit family-wise, you know, I'll have more time to start spending again with yes. them. It's been a little on the hectic side, as you know. <laughs> right. 
everywhere. It, it, Michael, it seems like it's that time of year right now, you know. I've noticed that everybody is having something, you know, going on. I don't know what it is because I'm not into astrology. That's not one of my one of my learning tools. You know, I never learned about it. Um, Me neither. But right, I know about the growing of the moon. You plant and you cut your hair if you want it to grow. And when the moon's going down, don't plant because nothing's going to grow. And if you don't want your hair to grow, then cut it. You know, that's about my extent. But. Uh, I just think that it's something going on because a lot of folks are are having you know some issues. It seems like. Yeah, I. It, it was like somebody mentioned that there were several like retrogrades happening at one time, and I was like, well, oh, I don't know about that. Oh, okay. I just I just know that it's a proverbial shitstorm. Um, yeah. yeah. <laughs> going on with a lot yeah. of people. You know, yes. and it's a highly emotional time, you know, yes. communications aren't working correctly, yes. you know. This is and what with, I'm finding, too. Yeah, and it's with a lot of people, you know, yes. and, and it hits us at different points and different times, and then we get the lull, and then it's like we get slapped again, and then we get another yep. lull. And yep. <laughs> <laughs> it's like that wave constantly beating up on the uh, on the shore. Yes, yes, I think so. I believe it is. I sure appreciate you, and thank you for having me. I'm grateful. I am so happy to have you. You know, would you like to say our final goodbyes to our beautiful audience? I would. I'd like to wish total success on everybody that's listening. May you be blessed and uplifted, and may have a fabulous evening. Night, y'all. Have a beautiful day. We'll see you all again next week on the Divination Table Radio Show here on Blog Talk Radio.